<laughs> we've moved it away from the corner, from Mike's <laughs> corner, into the middle of the room. <laughs> uh, it's the elephant in the room, if you will, or the peacock in the room. It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's superhero slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes, it's superhero slate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week, we're looking at yet another New Mutants release date, Mike. <laughs> the, uh, the amount of... It's just laughable at this point in time. I don't have anything else to say. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I think we're going to predict what next world event will cause this movie to be delayed another six months. Um, <laughs> how will HBO Max's release uh, at the end of this month affect the DC Universe service? Ooh, big question mark. Mm-hmm. Big Riddler question mark. Yeah, not looking good. Not looking good. Uh, Sandman, the, the comic book graphic novel series, gets an audio drama with a, with a big cast and more. And more. Here we are. Uh, I've lost the amount of uh, weeks that we're in the quarantine. Uh, I this think is my life wife, now. This I is, think this. my wife briefly mentioned that we've been in it for like 60 days, and I was like, that 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 number seems short and long at the same time. Um, mm-hmm. Luckily, like we've said before, the podcast does help me remind me when it is Sunday, so this has been a very helpful tool for me. I don't know about you, Chris. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's funny because literally I think everything locked down on my birthday. Uh, which is March 17th, and now we are on uh, May 17th. So 60 days sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, I'm like, when am I going to get out of this? I mean, I've got the, – the problem with this is when you're trapped in, in a home that you own, Mike, you're like, I want to change this. So you start this. Ma- Let me do this here. <laughs> I'm going to start making plans. So I'm, And then, then next week apparently is uh, – was it Memorial Day? Yeah, there's like a there's like a there's like a you know a work a work off holiday if you will here in the United States and it's just gonna kind of feel like every other day. <laughs> and I'm like I'm like are we are we off that day? What what, is, what does it look like? So I might be tearing up floors and putting down floors in my house next week for you know on a three. You might you might as well if you're stuck in if you're stuck in your house you might as well turn it into a palace, right? Uh, well, as as you know, Mike, I have been doing lots of works technologically and physically in this house for the past uh-huh. several months. How many times do I send you, hey, here's my new lights um, <laughs> a week, um, which if anyone's interested in getting into colored lights, Hugh made me an ambassador, and I can get you like 20% off. So, Oh, damn. Send me a message. I'll send you, I'll send you, I'll hook you up for, get, for real, because that stuff it can get expensive very quickly. Mm-hmm. But um, I got to give a shout out to my friend Paul, who I used to work with at Moby for helping me build uh and, and and he really built it I, I bought off of him a plex server this weekend nice uh, and uh for those who don't know what plex is it allows me to gather media up and share it across uh the internet to lots of, yeah. of other people especially yeah. mike it's great because it, it does this really cool thing where it like encodes the media so it doesn't matter really what video file you throw at it because on the fly it's going to convert it into like a, a very kind of single denominator video file that like kind of any other kind of Plex app can like stream which is which is really great because even just like a few years ago there was a chance that you could try to open up like a random video file and it's just like no we can't play that one it's just like what are you talking about this is what decade are we in right now you should be able to play any video file i click on right well yeah and again we have mkvs avis movs mp4s whatever and these are all like containers and those files in those containers can be literally anything encoded in like 30 different ways 
and not just the video, but the audio as well. So you can be playing the video and like, I don't hear it. Is it broken? Yeah. Well, it's not you. It's it's the codec. You have to go download something to make it work. Cor- correct me if I'm wrong. Is there um, Plex apps on consoles like Xbox and oh, PlayStation? I, I I do stream mine on on Xbox. Yes, and PlayStation. And, and that's and that's actually very necessary because you might be looking at these consoles that at one point in time were like next gen. I guess now they're about to be replaced. But there's USB ports all over them. So you think to yourself, oh, I'll put a video file on this jump drive. I'll plug it right into my PlayStation and I'll be I'll be up and going and watching this thing in no time. It's just like, nope, the PlayStation doesn't recognize the thumb drive. It doesn't recognize anything inside of it. It doesn't care what video file you just tried to gave it. So it's kind of nice having like Plex out there to kind of facilitate well, this nonsense. And what I will tell you, that that's great. It's easy to, to, to click and play and then next thing you know, if it's a TV series, you've gone through you're like it's like it's like netflix it'll play the next thing automatically Uh but what i tell you the biggest thing is i am a very much um a nazi when it comes to media (laughs) uh, presentation a nazi in the good in the good sense yeah 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 yeah, yeah. not not a neo-nazi but like like i am very very much a stickler for how my media is is organized and presented um and you know you can just view a a list of file names you know season one episode two right of whatever you're watching but, and we'll, I'm an Avatar The Last Airbender because we'll talk about it here in a second. But you're like, well, I, I want to know what the, the show title is. I want to know what it's about. Give me a description. Give me this. Plex uses what's called agents to scrape this media from the internet and give you a, a, a pretty image of the episode, uh, a collection of volumes and seasons, and all the information about that episode right in your database. So you don't have to go out and type it all in manually. And that is probably my biggest, like, oh my gosh, this was heaven sent. For me, yes, Chris has basically turned into uh, Benicio del Toro from Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. He is the collector. He's on the hunt for media. He's going to throw it into his Plex server, and then he's going to put his hands very awkwardly over his mouth and yell, "Magnificent!" Yes, that's yeah. magnificent. And then he'll kind of clap, but it doesn't really work because he has gloves on, and it doesn't really you can't really hear the sound of clapping with gloves. So that's how I'm imagining Chris right now. Exactly. And I'm, I'm, doesn't he have like some sort of weird goatee? That's like oh, right? I mean, the, yeah, it's the, he's kind of got. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you watch the. Food Network, but if you're familiar with that, any of the hosts over there, there's a chef by the name of Ann Burrell who has like crazy white kind of frizzy hair that kind of looks like the collector as well. Oh, I was going with more Guy Fieri goatee, but you know, I see well, what you're talking I, about. Well, I, I think half of the people over at the Food Network have got white frizzy hair. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's true. Uh, so I've been playing with that in that computer, and uh, I am literally in. I don't know if you know this. So when you buy, um, build your own computer, or even if you buy it, you can upgrade the processors through certain models, right? Uh, if I upgrade my processor on this, I've got a VR computer in in my house, like right there. So I'm very excited for that down the road. Because I asked somebody, I'm like, hey, recommend some PC VR games. You got a PC VR? He's like, yeah, okay. And then the ones he lists off are the same ones we have on PlayStation VR. I'm like, oh. Maybe yeah, I'm not Chris missing is, out as much as I thought I was. So. <laughs> Chris is uh, flexing his uh, technical prowess over there. Uh, but also, I think it's funny that uh, whenever you get around to buying a VR headset, uh, just uh, moments later, Apple might be dropping a VR headset since I think they just bought a yeah. VR company. So everyone's getting into the VR space, which was kind of funny because I thought Apple was kind of making the conscious decision to bet on augmented reality instead of virtual mm-hmm. reality. But it looks like they're coming around. Yeah, I mean, again, I think I think there's benefits to have both built in. I mean, they their phones are AR, but we talked about this briefly. Like, what if the phone was the processor for a VR head unit, and you plug your phone into it, 
and you're walking around with it in your pocket and you're not connected to any other cords. It'd be yeah. amazing. Not, yeah, not quite the Gear VR, which is literally putting the phone in front of your face. But yeah. Oculus kind of has some cheaper options where all of the components are built into one. But I heard that the only downside of those are that the head the headsets get a slightly a little bit heavier. Uh, but I remember I was really watching the tech space with VR when it first came out just because, it, you know, it's such a cool thing. Uh, and there was a lot of people in the early development stage of working on kind of like wireless kind of VR where you could have your compute, computer doing all the hardware, then it would kind of like beam to your head, if you will, which kind of sounds terrifying if you think about it. Because mm-hmm. uh, it's like, oh, what if the beam misses and goes right into my brain? I would imagine that stuff has been uh, has been uh, has been been polished a little bit more. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm I, I'm going to talk about uh, let's players on YouTube here in uh, in just a moment. But uh, I wish we could see. I, I'm I'm waiting for some of my favorite let's players to play the new uh, Valve. Uh, what is it? Uh, Alex Half Life. Alex. Yeah. yeah I want to see like a nice uh, playthrough of of that game. Yeah. Because I don't have the I don't have the uh, the resources to get that thing up and running anytime soon. But yeah. you might. I might. Might. I would look. I mean, the headsets are, are like double what I paid for the computer, which is the, the dumb part about that. Cause you got to have sensors and all the other fun stuff for like the room. But like, what's cool is, you know, VR is, you know, right now, I mean, we're just trapped at home. VR is a great way to experience, you know, other things. Yeah. I would be curious if there's any like numbers out there. I, you know, you, there's a lot of, um, increased, uh, viewership on streaming platforms. And I think even some of that's been published out there and there've, there've been user growth in games like uh, Fortnite, uh, because people are just at home more, but I, yeah, I'd be curious if they're selling more VR headsets during this time. Yeah. I mean, I think everything's selling what's Nintendo switch. They can't keep stock in those anywhere right now um and i don't know if it's animal crossing phase or or what but that that's that's big uh i did see uh a a thing um oh i was gonna say walking dead came out with a um, vr game uh this week and you actually like it's got like a creepy atmosphere and you have to fight off other like humans and i thought that was pretty cool but uh speaking of statistics they've announced most people are watching animated shows and movies uh, during quarantine than yeah. when they're not, which is really cool because we say, you know, it's hard to sell an animated movie, right? You think, oh, it's for kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, you know, we get into the Spider-Verse, stuff like that, and honestly, a show I have never watched, Mike, um, is Avatar The Last Airbender and is now Whoa. available in HD on Netflix. Oh, oh it's so good. Yep. Yep, I, lo- I know. <laughs> I love everything about the show. Anytime I have a chance to just uh, geek out about it on the show, I'll take that opportunity uh, no matter what. Yeah, it's really great. It's great that it's coming back to Nickelodeon. You know, Nickelodeon is owned by Viacom, which recently just remerged again with like CBS. So they're still kind of in this weird limbo where they don't necessarily have their own streaming service. And I guess theoretically they could come up with a strategy where they don't, they never launch one and they just lease out their media. So uh, we're lucky now where Avatar is able to be just like listed on Netflix as it used to be a while ago before Mm. they did this HD re release. So now that it's back out there in the world, uh, drumming up interest and more support, more people to watch the Avatar The Last Airbender, which makes sense because I believe in 2022 is when we'll be getting the live action series from the same creators. So this is just all this all this nice tidal wave to get people watching The Last Airbender again. I'm not going to bank on any release dates for movies uh, or TV shows going forward. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'll probably add a year to that. Um, but yeah, I mean, Avatar Last Airbender, they're doing the live action from the creators of this. Um, I, from my understanding, it's a three series uh, show with three books 
based uh-huh. on uh, earth, water, and fire. And he's an airbender. There's four elements in this. Think uh-huh. fifth, think fifth element, but without the fifth element. <laughs> um, and um, then they, I was sharing, telling Mike the Steelbook version, which looks pretty cool, is on sale again right now for the Blu-rays. Yeah. yeah, it's a little confusing because the the Blu-ray release of Avatar: The Last Airbender, I believe, came out last year, if not the year before that. I, I lose track of time now mm-hmm. that we're in the quarantine. And um, it was great. It was this great collection. And now I believe a Steelbook came out. And I was trying to figure out what the difference was. But I think the Steelbook has just more special features. Yes. It. Not saying the one that I own doesn't have special features. But I just, I guess they keep finding more in their archive. And they keep throwing in there. and start. I mean, they can sell it as many times as they want. I, I, I I'll buy it a million times over because <laughs> it's so good. Um, honestly, I just love the convenience as well. Because this yeah. is going to sound so first world problems, but I, I re, when I bought the Blu-ray the other year, I rewatched the whole thing and it was great. But every time you hit play on the next episode, there's no option to skip the intro, even though I love the intro, but I don't need to see it every single time. And then after you watch like five episodes, you got to change the DVDs and put a new DVD in, and then you got to watch the intros all over again. You got to wait for the DVD menu to load before I can finally get to the the freaking play well, screen. So I have to say, like, they have my money, so I'm glad the I'm glad glad the people over at Avatar Last Airbender got a little bit more change out of me because they deserve every penny. But now I'm glad it's on Netflix because I can just like easily binge watch it through their interface. Right. And I believe, and, and I might be have to correct it, is Korra um, the next Airbender or whatever she is, the, the sequel follow-up series, is that on there as well? I don't. I don't think it is. As far as I know, that that uh, series hasn't streamed anywhere. I, I have uh, just watched already pulled up here, so let me pull it up. So keep yeah, talking. you can pull it up. The cool thing is that I like about Korra is like you just said, the first Avatar is on three different seasons, each named after a book, and you would think like, oh, that's weird that they didn't do a fourth season called Air. What I really like about Cora is that's the follow-up series and season one it, it's called book air so i like how they kept that continuation through the whole thing uh-huh so um so there are four seasons of Cora rather than uh-huh. three but the episodes i believe are a little bit shorter the mm-hmm. the series orders yeah they're like 13 episodes is what it looks like uh-huh. and, and again the books are not by the element the books are, it looks like they're they're different here um you can stream all four of them on amazon's nick hits which looks to be like oh, a, so you a so you need a set you need a separate subscription service to get to it. Yes, it a, like. a sub. Uh, however, you can stream the first two seasons across. Uh, it looks like it's maybe CBS All Access or just regular the CBS app. But they're long only doing story, two seasons. Yeah, the long story short, yeah, Chris, is, is you need to get around to watching Avatar The Last Airbender. Mm-hmm. I, I had another friend who was a holdout. Uh, his name uh, uh, is Ryan, and he finally got around to watching it, and he loved it as well. So I'm sure you'll love oh, it as well, Chris. I, I've heard good things. And I'm not holding out you know, out of spite like some other things I would normally do. It's just <laughs> I, when I do, I want to give it its due diligence. I don't want to mm-hmm. like watch it and then like, cram through it kind of thing. You know, I, I want to appreciate it because I, I know it's very much you know held up and, and, and regarded as, as a great show. Uh, it is also on my uh, Plex server. <laughs> so it's not like I have a reason, like, I don't have Netflix. Well, no, I, I have it. And I, have, I have access to it. I'm just... Um, Heads up, everybody. Everything we talk about on today's episode, Chris will bring it back around to his Plex server. Because there's so much on it. There's so much crossover. It's like a seven degrees of Chris's Plex server. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's all I'm thinking about right now. It's all it's all, it's all in my brain. <laughs> Um, but you know, Avatar: Last Airbender. Um, you can buy it. You can watch it on Netflix. Uh, I'll probably get around to it. Something else this week that's very precious to me, Mike, uh, was announced with a remaster 
Uh, a remaster is a video game that has been taken the original game and given a brand new coat of paint HD uh, if you will 4k um, if you will 4k if you will you know modern modern bringing up to modern standards uh, gameplay still the same soundtrack still the same and these games are Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 yes. uh, the old school the arcadey skateboarding game i remember playing this two player uh, they had the the horse mode and the, the paint mode uh you where you you go against other people they've taken it to the new world for forty dollars which is awesome you get both games uh remaster you don't have to it's on a full game price and all the soundtracks there and if you, you've never listened to that soundtrack it is classic you just turn that on like i that's actually already been saved in my my spotify for a long time <laughs> uh several years now because that soundtrack means so much to me yeah it's just so iconic because you would just spend hours and hours and hours in that game trying to get the highest score you know i love trying to get to the secret areas of the maps like oh i can get on this roof if i can do like this very impossible to gravity wall ride and if i do it just right i can get on top of this and i have this huge drop and it's like you learn so much about skateboarding and you knew you could never do it in real life very much like guitar hero where you know all the lingo but you've never done it before it's an arcade Um, version of it and everyone can get down to it yeah and i think the really cool thing about this as well is this is kind of in like a full media blitz with tony hawk in general because he has like a documentary coming out about his life and i think at least a a fair portion of the doc is going to be about this kind of video game as well so i love documentaries about video games in general i don't know if you've ever seen the um you seen the documentary i forget the name of it actually off the top of my head oh no it's called indie game the movie and uh it kind of follows the 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 gameplay development of games like super meat boy and these other kind of smaller indie games that kind of made their um made their way during like the xbox 360 console era uh but it's really great it's very motivational so i'm always uh i'm always two thumbs up for any documentary that's going to feature like video games yeah and and this is cool so what, what what's important to this is i remember do you remember the mountain dew tokens in this game like collecting the mountain dew tokens oh like, actually I, I don't know if i remember that so you would like skateboard up and you're like oh, i have to get up there and, and like figure out how to get on top of something and grind to get the the, the tokens um so they had mountain dew tokens i believe in it but the uh-huh. second one if you 100 percent of the game do you remember who you unlocked uh uh-uh. uh, Spider Man. Oh, <laughs> I was never good enough, I guess. <laughs> yep, you, you could unlock. There's, there, was, there were codes to unlock earlier on, but there was Spider Man in Tony X Pro Skater Two, and they've oh, not man. shown any of these yet. But I'm like, you got to have the original. Like, you got if you're gonna have all this, you got to bring Spider Man back into this. Oh, game. they should do like a full crossover. They should give us like the Hulk. They should add some characters onto it. That'd <laughs> the, be so cool. The full thing. Yeah, I think the the developer of this um, Activision weren't they in? I think they were in charge of the Spider Man games back in the '90s, so that's why they had uh, the model yeah, already. I think you're. I think you're right. Yeah. So um, this is coming out September 2020. I'm very excited. Very interested. I think they have like a wrestler. Like Sergeant Slaughter is like one of the unlockables too. Like, sure, <laughs> it sounds about right. Yeah, but, uh, but it's gonna I think be, there. So I think fun. if I I think if I saw the announcement trailer at the end of it, I think at some point in time uh, we'll be able to download a demo of the warehouse, which is like kind of one of the more iconic maps. Yeah, so if, I don't know if, if you pre order right now. Oh, not, okay, if you pre order, it's not out now. I've been watching that as well, but like the warehouse is the level that is the level uh-huh. that everyone's played. Uh, actually, so um, 
Yeah, I'm in the little oh, arcade. Because if you gym. could get if you could get high enough on the vert ramp, you could like grind on the beams and the roof. Oh man! And there was a Mountain <laughs> Dew token up there. I swear to God, there was. Or at least maybe you had to spell skate on on like the first one, and maybe the second one had the Mountain Dew tokens. Like, do you remember the letters skate? You find you know. I think you might be right because I think I have more memories for Pro Skater One, and I think you probably have more memory of Pro Skater Two than I do. Yeah, yeah, but they they had the skate and all the stuff you unlock. I mean, I'm just I'm just getting giddy thinking about. I'm like, I might maybe I'll go fire up my old my little Raspberry Pi. And And there's been this big gap in the video game uh, catalogs right now. Is what the last time there was like a brand new uh, skateboarding video game? What was it? Just the game called Skate? I think Skate Three was one, and they tried it for a while yeah yeah and they had like a they had like a different control mechanism like it was kind of more like you finesse the joystick and it was almost kind of like a street fighter game whereas like if you did like a if you did like the right rotational composition of the stick you could pull off the trick so it wasn't necessarily about going like up up square triangle you know to do like a kickflip or whatever you know you like massage the stick the right way so they were innovating on it at least but yeah it's been a while since there's been a skate game and again this has online multiplayer which is going to be great so i mean i'm looking forward to playing you know the skate mode or the the horse mode and you know multiplayer oh, with people yeah, so because be you know couch co-op was great but you know online is is key now excuse me i had to sneeze off mike <laughs> I had sounds to mute like it. you died sounds like you died for a second yeah i did i had to, I had to mute it real fast because i'm not gonna sneeze in this I, I i respect all of you but mike you have been watching people play some other classic remastered games. Yeah, lately. speaking of uh, remasters, uh, there's been a remastered of Resident Evil 2 that happened last year, and then Resident Evil 3, which came out this year. And, uh, you know, sometimes it is indeed fun to play video games, but at the same time, sometimes it's fun to watch other people play video games. Yeah. And one of my favorite Let's Players out there is Markiplier. He just has a... I just like the way he plays games in general. You know, he doesn't like to just... He likes to goof around, but he also <laughs> likes to complete the game. He, he really concentrates on um, not necessarily 100%ing it, but getting everything that the game wants him to do. So you're never just, like, angry, like, no, why didn't you check out that room? There could have been something cool in there. So he's always very thorough he's always very entertaining and he's good at playing like scary games i know there's scarier games out there than resident evil 2 and resident evil 3 uh but like he doesn't let like he'll still be scared but he doesn't let things phase him so he won't be like a baby and like not go down the hallway because he's worried something's gonna pop out at him so anyway he was uh he did a couple videos on resident evil 2 and 3 so i watched those over the last couple weeks and uh those games were really fun to watch there's a really kind of in-depth story somewhere in there and uh it's just uh it's just fun to watch i like the remaster uh i guess there's rumors out there that they might be remastering resident evil 4 oh there's no rumors they, they've confirmed like they're going through them uh, which is really which is really crazy to think about because they remastered 2 and 3 by converting the gameplay to resident evil 4 gameplay so are they just going to give a graphical polish to resident evil 4 or i'm just curious what they're going to well, do i think well the, the resident evil remasters are more akin to um the final fantasy remakes where like the story kind of changes but you get some of the characters and there's like little tweaks and stuff to modernize it compared to the old style but i think uh ford is going to have some changes as well um possibly even i think maybe they said another character 
or something. So yeah, I mean, if they wanted to, uh, if they wanted to add a different character, like if you, because there's a there's a version where you can play Ada Wong, I believe in Resident Evil Four, but I don't think it's very long or super fleshed out. So if they wanted to elaborate on that, that would be cool. Add maybe a couple new bosses, that would be sweet. But I will either be buying it or I'll be watching it uh, stream. But yeah, there's a there's a huge marketplace out there for remade nostalgia, and I'm just glad that they're they're interv- they're innovating on it at least because you know you look at like a company like Nintendo and all they really do is they just put out a brand new console and they just make you rebuy all of the same video yeah. games all over again, well, and they don't really do much to innovate on their old stuff. What has been cool about the Nintendo Switch is they use the the online service which is only $20 a year to give you access to those games now um, oh so you don't have to just buy them out like if I wanted to play Super Mario World I don't just have to rebuy it again it's just kind of like a subscription correct if you're if you're part of their online uh, which is like PlayStation Plus or Xbox Live you get access to whatever their their uh, retro media uh, catalog is and it's not every game yet but like yeah Super Mario World Super Nintendo and regular Nintendo games are all over it so. Well, that's good. They're moving in the right direction. Yeah, and I think they feature like uh, save states and stuff like that. You know, like modern emulators kind of do. Mm-hmm. Um, so with some little bonus features. But yeah, like I would, I hated when I bought the Wii U. I'm like, I have to pay ten dollars to get Super Mario Three again. Like I uh-huh. feel like a hundred dollars on this game over its lifetime. Like stop making me buy it. So I understand that <laughs> well, completely. Yeah, they'll find it. They'll find their way. But uh, if we had to transition here slightly into the uh, corn stream corner, yeah. we've uh, we've built it out a little bit more this episode. We have a little bit more to talk about. But before we leave the corner, two things that I watched this week is there's a reality competition show on Netflix called Win the Wilderness that we just kind of watched on a whim. I believe it's new, but I don't know exactly when it was added. But it's a small six-episode season where uh, six couples kind of all... All vie for the opportunity to win this middle of nowhere like cabin in Alaska. It's very strange to watch during a quarantine when everybody's kind of stuck in their houses and that these people are trying to literally win the perfect place to live during a quarantine, which is where no but there's no uh, living person within like I think 200 miles of this cabin. But it was really cool to watch because. Uh, the couple that own the cabin and the land around it uh, very well could have just listed on a real estate website and, and, and sold the cabin and then moved on to their retirement. But what they decided to do is, I guess, somewhere along the lines, they hooked up with a production company and they said, hey, I think the production company is just going to buy the house from you. You guys don't have to worry about selling it. But if you if you work together with us, we can find the perfect couple to take over your cabin because uh, this guy that kind of walked into the wilderness and stuck claim to this mountain had like old VHS recordings of him building it and it took him like nine years to build this like log cabin and it looks awesome. They have like a greenhouse and all this other stuff. So it's just this really cool thing where it's like part reality show, part documentary of this guy that built this thing in the middle of nowhere and then their kind of sweet kind of emotional journey of trying to give it away. So um, it's more along the line of like Great British Bake Off when it comes to like the the sentimentality and niceness of the competition, and it's not necessarily like Extreme Home Makeover where you know everything's uh, trumped up to be uh, greater than it is. So yeah, if you just kind of want to watch, uh, if you want to see some nice uh, sweeping vista shots of uh, Alaska, uh, check out Win the Wilderness. Uh, but after watching it, my wife and I were just like, I didn't know there were so many mosquitoes in Alaska. So if you thought Alaska was this nice 
magical place. It still might be, but I was kind of bummed to see that there's so many freaking mosquitoes up there. Like, you can see them on the lens. The more high definition you watch this show, I'm sure if you watch it in 4K, you're going to see even more mosquitoes. So uh, just uh, so, look out for mosquitoes. <laughs> so Alaska has the same problems we do is what you're saying. Yeah, I I was thinking since they're so far north and, you know, it's so, like, kind of iconic for being cold and snowy. And, you know, I just kind of thought maybe there wouldn't be, like, bugs up there. But I guess there's lots of freaking mosquitoes. So Win Their Wilderness on Netflix. And then uh, finally, uh, a new released film. In the style of Trolls uh, 2, World Tour. Sorry if I don't remember all the all the suffixes to that movie. Uh, but Scoob came out uh-huh. this week. And thanks to a la Chris's Plex server, I was able to uh, check it out just earlier this morning. And uh, I have to say, Chris, the fast-forward feature on your Plex server worked out perfectly, and I didn't have to sit through this entire movie, which was exactly how you watch this movie, because I think it would be a little difficult to sit down as an adult and really get the enjoyment out of Scoob that you would want. Um, If I had to give it any caveats, I would say, if you have children, I'm sure they'll have a great time watching this movie. Uh, it's nice to see a slightly different animation style. You know, the, char- the characters aren't all nice and polished. Uh, they kind of have like weird angles and juts to them. So that's kind of entertaining. That's a little nice to look at. Uh, if you're a fan of the Hanna-Barbera universe, you get a lot of Hanna-Barbera cameos. Mm-hmm. So if you're like a really old school uh, Scooby fan, you'll see some enjoyment there. But I feel kind of weird critiquing or reviewing the movie just because I wasn't the biggest fan of really old Scooby-Doo because when I was a kid, the classic Scooby-Doo just felt like an old cartoon to me. I was just like, I don't want to watch these old cartoons. I want to watch new cartoons. And plus, like, anime was becoming, like, a big thing when I was a kid. And, and like, in I, the scary. Any, yeah, I would love to watch, like, I would much rather watch, like, Dragon Ball Z or, like, old Dragon Ball stuff over, like, classic Scooby-Doo. You know, that's just, you know, that was just my generation. No knock on the old stuff. So now that, like, this new Scooby-Doo is out, I'm just like, no, I don't like this new Scooby-Doo. I like my old Scooby-Doo, Escape from Zombie Island, which technically isn't the old Scooby-Doo. That was a reboot of Scooby-Doo. Uh, so it's, so the there's lots of generational love for Scooby-Doo What's, out there. But Wasn't there a, 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 a Scooby-Doo in the 13 Ghosts where he had to go, or some, something ghost, and each episode he had to go put a ghost back into a ghost box? Was that? I don't know. Yeah, was that, there was is like that, a series that where he had that, to go. Is something. that somewhat recent? Is that no, out of the... This okay. All right. Well, uh, who knows? But uh, I, I have a, I have a room in my heart for only one Scooby Doo, and that was the one of the earlier remakes, uh, Scooby Doo on Zombie Island, when they were doing all those direct to VHS DVD movies. So yeah, who knows uh, if your kids will like it? But uh, <laughs> me and my wife uh, didn't really like it that much. There, so uh, that's my very short so, review of Scoob. So I know there's there's a couple things I didn't watch. So I, I did you know get a little bit a couple clips of it. I think the voice acting for Scooby and Shaggy are pretty good. Will Forte, yeah, he's the master love, of doing good things that nobody watches. Yeah, I mean that was my really only way to convince my wife to watch Scoob with me was saying Will Forte is the voice of Shaggy, and we we're huge Will Forte stands in this household, so uh, we're really excited to see that. Mm-hmm. And then also I know Captain Caveman uh, and uh, I forget his little psychic was in this, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I'm like, oh. Because those are in the trailer. That's why I'm going to say those are in the trailer. I'm like, oh, those are fun characters uh, to 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 reference. Because um, I knew that. I'm like, oh, that's exciting. 
Um, yeah, kind of. It kind of seems like maybe they're trying to expand or kind of kickstart a Hanna Barbera universe, which could be fun. But uh, this uh, this movie was a little sloppy for me. It kind of felt like uh, before they started production, maybe they hired a couple comedians to do some punch up, which usually don't get credited on a movie. They just get paid to throw in some jokes without drastically changing the movie. So every once in a while, you would get kind of like a poignant, funny joke or commentary on like the Scooby Doo franchise in general, or or just a joke that stood out as not a child's joke, but as an adult joke. And I was like, well, that doesn't really fit the flow of the movie at all, but it is kind of funny. But then they would kind of fall back on their laurels and just kind of do some old Scooby wacky stuff. So I don't know the way I'm describing it could be selling it to you, but it wasn't <laughs> selling it on our end. I'm just more curious come Monday, what their video on demand numbers are going to be, because I'm, I think it's almost, um, uh, almost proven that the reason that this movie came out straight digital was because of the success of Trolls. So I'm waiting to see how it does financially because I'm more curious on that side of, of the business side of animation than I am well, specifically what happened in this movie. Much like I think will happen to Trolls, too many kids will want this and it, it will mm-hmm. break records. Um, probably because yeah i mean if you go on any digital video marketplace right now if you open up like amazon prime if you're just on the screensaver for roku i mean you see ads for scoob all over the place so that seems to be the game plan is you advertise Mm -hmm. it digitally wherever you possibly have eyeballs to sell it yeah yeah exactly but i mean it's no a pup named scooby-doo but you know it'll it'll (laughs) do it'll do it's scra- it'll doobie, do- it'll doobie do. Chris. It's, it's, scra- it's scrappy in this. Uh, well, from the parts that we watched, uh, we didn't see scrappy. Right. Uh, but when you fast forward on Plex, you do get the little square previews of the things that you're missing. Um, so we're just like, oh, I, don't, I didn't see scrappy anywhere in there. Mm-hmm. So uh, there was no post-credit scene, as far as I know, that featured uh, scrappy. So I guess that'll be in the eventual sequel. Yeah. And also, I didn't mention Plex in this whole time. It was all my. This one. <laughs> he's. he's Touting the features that he he loves oh so much, yep. But you know we've been watching some other stuff. There's a corn stream. I'm gonna say, uh, you know, I was gonna talk about. I watched um, prop uh, prop culture on Disney Plus. Uh, first two episodes. Um, really enjoy it, Mike. If you get a chance, the first one is about Mary Poppins. It's, it's probably the least of, of related ones I have. The second one is Tron. The last episode is the Muppet movie, uh, <laughs> and there's also uh, Roger Rabbit in there. So. Uh, I'm going to be watching those like one a day, but I, I'd recommend that as well. So it's all about the the props, the physical things that made up the films. Yeah, like the guy the guy who hosts it, he's like a he looks he looks like Michael Moore to his disadvantage, but he is a <laughs> prop collector, and oh. he goes and meets people who like made some of the props in the movies and reunites cast with original props and like oh, tries to restore that, some stuff. That's pretty cool. I like that yeah. concept. Yeah, it's not like. Here's what here's here's the umbrella for Mary Poppins and what it looks like. They're like, we can't find the original umbrella, but here's what we use for the new one. And then he like goes on this history, like finding the carpet bag and what the history of it is really fun. So oh, uh, I recommend it if you guys, it's cool. like 22 minutes. Like they're, they're easy to digest. Episodes. Oh, that's perfect. Well, speaking of props real quick, quick, we, uh, the wife and I uh, finished our rewatch of the uh, Harry Potter films mm-hmm. and on Blu-ray. So we were able to check out some of the special features and we watched this one segment on the last Blu-ray disc of uh, Deathly Hollows part two, where in the film they go into the, the gigantic room of requirement that's just full of t- 
tons of stuff because they're looking for the the Ravenclaw tiara. So they had a cool special feature of kind of how they populated that room. Obviously, a lot of the room is generated via green screen, but there was a large quantity of that room that was real physical stuff that they walked through. And they talked about how they had just done, you know, seven films. And over these seven films, they've collected so much just stuff, so many things for props. So they pretty much took everything they had and put it in one room and started stacking it on top of each other and, um, you know, gluing it together, <laughs> zip tying it and whatnot. So I thought that was pretty rad and pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, props, props are always really, really fun. It's always nice to know that movies are still made with like real physical things. Yes. Yes. And, and, and we can, we can enjoy those as well. Um, but speaking, I was going to say, speaking of, uh, you know, a, a quick, quick short episodes uh oh, you're really you're really trying there, I was, yeah i was I, well it was until you went off on this other tangent on props and Harry Potter. <laughs> i'm like well i can't really bring it back easily um quibi kind of sounds like a spell like a wizard mm. spell i don't know what it would do um quib it's usually they usually kind of rhyme maybe it's something quickness or uh or maybe well, if you say quibi it turns your pizza into a smaller pizza well, little bits <laughs> i would i would say if someone's telling a long story you quibi them and they speed up the story at like oh i like six. that that's a great sp- that is actually a really i would feel like that's a very in universe spell because it's uh it doesn't really make any sense you don't it doesn't uh, it, the magic of it doesn't really fit into any sort of theory but if you just throw it out there and you just see it happen on screen you're like oh that was fun that was magic yeah hey i i know i i've been there i know what they're doing is I'm your really professor bad. a little long-winded and you're trying to get out of class early use a quibby spell yeah. on them use a the quibby spell um <laughs> but quibby has updated uh they um they have fallen out of the top uh 10 apps on the app store to like 150th i think we said uh-huh. 152nd which is you know that's still pretty good for for the free apps but you know it was a, it had a quick burst of energy and then kind of you know people aren't getting it every day but i think what's interesting is the um the makers katzenberg and i forget who the other lady's name is uh were very against people um airplane their content from their phone to their tvs or was the google chromecast um, and they have very much backtracked on that this past week, uh, wholeheartedly allowing people to, to do that in the next, I think next update of the app. Um, because they were very much like, well, you want to, you know, you want to either, we want to give you the option of watching it vertical or horizontal. And I, I think I said this on the show, I'm like, I want to watch it on my Apple TV. I'd rather just sit down and watch, you know, 10 minutes. Fine. I could watch like three of these in a row. That's, that's cool. Um, but uh, they didn't want you to do that. But now they're going to go back and do that, Mike. Does that make it more? Well, I guess these announcements were enough to boost it back up because I'm checking the top of the charts now, and it's gone back into the top 100. It's at 89 right now. Uh, But, yeah, I believe they're also adding a sharing functionality because when Quibi first came out, uh, people reported that you couldn't take screenshots of any of the content. So if you were really digging anything on Quibi, there was no way you could really share that to the world. I mean, I guess you could, like, type a text tweet and maybe, like, Google a promotional image for the show that you liked. But that's not how the Internet works. That's not how people use their devices. They want to take a screenshot and share it, usually with the captions on because they want to share, like, a really funny moment. So I think they're adding some sort of sharing functionality. I don't know exactly what that's going to entail. And uh, like you said, uh, I would like to be able to watch it on my TV because the only thing I really have watched on Quibi and have sought out is Reno 911, which is if you were a fan of the original Reno 911, very easy to recommend this. I watched the first two episodes. It feels just like uh, Reno 911 when it was aired on Comedy Central. Obviously, the episodes are a little bit shorter. I mean, the episodes were were always filled with segments in general. (coughs) 
and it has been a while since I've seen it. So I believe during the normal half hour episodes, there was like a thread that kind of moved through the episode, and well, usually like, there'd be like a sketch that kind yeah. of stretched and chunks yeah, I was gonna say, it was like the it was like a three sketch maximum, like a start, a middle, and an end, and everything in the middle was like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, so I don't know, maybe if I kept watching it on Quibi, maybe there is like a moving thread throughout it. But as of right now, it's just kind of like sketches. But it's still funny. They got like the whole cast back. It's all great. It's just kind of unfortunate that it's on Quibi right now because I just want a Quibi app <laughs> on my TV so I can just sit down and just watch Reno 911 old right? school style. Uh, this was the first time. I don't know if this is a new feature because like I said, I don't think a lot of people know all the nuances of Quibi quite yet. But when I first started watching it, if you wanted to experience different video from vertical and horizontal, you just had to guess when that would happen. You just had to turn their phone. Well, when I was watching Reno 911, there's a segment where there's like a bunch of teenagers recording the cops with their phone. And I got a little haptic feedback on my phone. And I got a little icon in the corner that told me to rotate my phone. And then when I did that, I could see the video through the teenagers' phone screens. And then uh, it told me to to move it back when the when we were seeing the normal like uh, camera that was filming the show, but after that kind of like um, onboarding process, the uh, icon never popped up again. So I went back into the anxiety driven mode of watching Quibi of constantly twisting my phone left and right, left and right. What video am I missing? But I just had to come to the conclusion like this is just Reno nine one one. This is just about jokes and funny stuff. Like I'm not gonna get a funnier joke if I turn well, the phone a different way. So I just I just said screw it and I just left it horizontal and then I just. I just watched watched it like I was watching it on Netflix. Would you trust them now that you know that they would tell you, hey, here's some extra stuff? Would you just be like only be looking out for that going forward? Would that help your anxiety? You know, and like, hey, they're gonna tell me when yeah, there's extra I'm almost, content. I'm almost curious if that's a if that's a worthwhile maybe checkbox to turn on the app that says let me know whenever there's an alternate content to turn the phone. Uh, yeah, I just don't know exactly if the people that are are the filmmakers creating this need to think of a more clever way to just uh, maybe let it know be known a little bit more obvious that there's more cameras in the room and start to turn it. But um, yeah, I, I will give Quibi the benefit of the doubt that every promotional material that I saw for this app before it launched shows somebody in their car or somebody waiting in line. And nobody has to do that anymore because we're all stuck at home. So yes, I, I think the, these are one of this is one of the few services that actually probably could blame the coronavirus um, as something that's inhibiting their business. Uh, but at the same time, it is also easy to look at the other side of the coin and go like, oh, but you're streaming video. Streaming video is huge right now. Everybody wants it. But since they've tied it so much to the fact of you have to be out in the world to really enjoy it, you know, there's no PlayStation or Xbox Quibi app right now or no Roku app where you can just watch it. So, yeah, I think just give me a Roku app and then just um, there's a there's like there's different buttons on my remote. Just tell me to hit the down arrow and I can see the other what, video feed. What it needs to do is have the app sync up with whatever you're watching on your TV. So you're seeing the kid's phone on your hand and it's synced up with the widescreen that might on be kind of cool at the very least give me options yeah. you know i know i, think, I know it'd be a little technical like but like if you wanted to do that like you would mike that would be fantastic yeah it's kind of strange right now because before we hit this pandemic i would have said oh you'll know when quibi's in its death throw when they put out uh, like a roku app 
that you can just watch and they just totally abandon this idea of a phone just to get as many users paying or watching ads as possible. But now they kind of have to do it out of necessity, not necessarily because they're about to go under. I mean, they could very well be, but it's just like they need to get eyeballs. And right now, right now that is televisions. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't feel too bad for Quibi. These are millionaires and multimillionaires and billionaires that have invested in the app. I don't really care about people like that. So if it goes under or not, um, well, but I'll watch I'll watch Reno 911 but, before but, it goes under. But here's the thing. We won't know it goes under until August because they don't make you pay until three months is up. Yeah, that's true. I think I think uh, depending on I think the last yeah, like you said, the last free ninety day trial person will be ending in August. I'm ending in July, yeah. like around the beginning of July, and I'm I'm not going to be continuing the service just because there's nothing really drawing me into it right now that I really gotta watch. So um, yeah, that's that's Quibi for you. <laughs> yep, there you go. That's uh, that's the way the Quibi crumbles, Mike. If oh. you will. it's fine. Uh, lastly, the other thing on our corn stream uh, services, we always talk about the Peacock. The next, I think this is the last big streaming thing, right? From from Comcast uh-huh. and NBC Universal is, is the Peacock, which I hate the name of this fucking thing. <laughs> um, they announced that they will offer a free ad supported version that offers seventy five hundred hours of programming. Um, so next day access to current seasons of new NBC series. Uh, full runs of older stuff, news, sports, whatever. I think this is a lot like a, a Netflix or not a, like a the cheap Hulu plan, but only yeah. For NBC I was gonna stuff. say it. It sounds like the free Hulu. Yep. Um, well, there's no free Hulu, is there? It's like well, it's, there was there at one point in time there was yeah. free Hulu, but it didn't last very long. Yeah, but it's just NBC stuff. But if you go and pay five dollars a month, you can. Um, uh, I believe was it was uh, if you have. Comcast or Cox uh, Communications for five dollars, you get the premium tier, which is like fifteen thousand hours of stuff, live and on-demand content. Or there's the other one, which is ten dollars for an ad-free version, um, that is essentially the same thing in four K HDR content. Yeah, it's very confusing, but it kind of does sound like every every model bundle that Hulu has ever had because they did have a free version that was limited. I remember back in college yeah. going through the free Hulu, and they'd be like, "Oh man, this movie's on Hulu!" on And then you click on it, it's like, "No, this is for like paid yeah. subscribers only." And then there was, you would have friends that would have like the middle way model because they didn't mind watching commercials. And then if your friends were rich enough or if they're just stealing it from their parents, you would get the premium model, which actually didn't come out until much later without commercials. Right. And as soon as that happened, I jumped on it. Right. So it sounds like you got a free one. There's a $5 version if you're already a cable person or a 10 to $15 if you want to add on who, you know, a cord cutter like ourselves. Yeah, this sounds like a really sneaky, not really sneaky, but this is a, a way to juice your numbers. Like what every streaming service wants to do right now is they want that Hollywood reportal, Hollywood Reporter or Business Insider article that says, oh, Peacock is touting this many subscribers. But really, once you click into the article and you read the distribution, they'll be like, oh, well, we're technically counting cable subscribers as Peacock uh, subscribers. But then also only like 10% of them are on the ad-free one. And then we have a lot of these people just watching NBC normally. And okay, I guess we'll count those as Peacock subscribers as well. So I would say any numbers that Peacock announces in the future are going to be a little a little sus. Yeah, if you will. But I think you know the thing is, it's got a lot of 
content that people will enjoy who love to watch the same shows over and over again. Um, the Office, 30 Rock, Parks and Rec, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Cheers, Everybody Loves Raymond, Downton Abbey, Frasier, Will and Grace, House. They, they got all this stuff that people... Yeah. If, if, people I, I, if you watch one of these shows, you watch it on repeat. Yeah, I will agree. They have they have some of the best rewatchable content. Um, uh, and also next year, you'll be able to watch the Olympics straight through them, which I think could be really nice because one of the crazy thing about the Olympics is like, unless you're like got like TiVo games on on point, like you got to like record all of this stuff. And then at the same time, it's like all this stuff airs at different times. So mm-hmm. it'll be nice that Peacock will hopefully probably just have different channels. They'll probably have like a track and field channel, like a swimming channel. Um, I'm sure they'll have like a running channel, like a, the marathon one well, where people are like running for like a thousand miles. And, and we're also just mentioning NBC, but they are also NBC universal. So any universal film, including DreamWorks and Illumination will be on here, um, which is like Jurassic Park, uh, the American Pie, you know, franchise, E.T., old Spielberg movies uh, as well. So, and the other week on the podcast, we mentioned how Lego has sold its movie rights over to Universal for the yep. present time moving forward. So, you might be seeing new Lego movies on the Peacock app. Uh, there's a show that we really liked. One of the kind of the last NBC comedies that we were watching in our house was. Um, it starred. Oh, I, can't even remember, I feel bad because I can't even remember the name of it off the top of my head. But it starred uh, Dennis from AP Bio. Um, always AP Bio. That's what it was. Yep. Yeah, it had um, Patton Oswalt as the principal. Uh, What's his face from Always Sunny as the as the biology teacher? Yep. Um, or uh, yeah, whatever he. I think he technically moved over to a different subject, maybe uh, partway through the season. But that show got canceled, and then it's getting re- resurrected over at Peacock. So I think mm-hmm. that's great because that show is really funny. So I I don't know I guess I'll probably be going for the ten dollar model because this guy hates commercials. Yeah, probably. Uh, and, and there's some other stuff in there. You know, they're they're working on on new content. We'll see how you know if this delay. I mean, I don't, they're going to launch. I think what June or July they said, and we'll see. You know, when the new content happens because of the quarantine. But I think you know NBC Universal has you know much like me better content, better selection than CBS All Access does. And if I had to choose one, NBC Universal was probably probably up there. Well, for yeah, me. I mean, CBS All Access is just the Star Trek streaming service at this point in time. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about it here a little bit more in a bit, but like, I don't know anything on that app that's not getting buzz at Star Trek. You know? Yeah, yeah. You asked me what's on there. I'm like, I don't know. <clears throat> Picard. It's, it's Star. <laughs> it's all Star Trek. Yeah. So this this looks looks pretty cool in terms of what they're offering and the options. Again, uh, the idea is you get them on the free model. And they're watching your stuff next day. You don't have to pay royalties to Hulu for their stuff, you know. So I don't think people will move away from it. But you, you the free option is going to be pretty, pretty cool. Uh, and don't they don't they also do Saturday Night Live? Is that on NBC? Uh, yeah, that's NBC. So I believe, um, man, the old library, a whole old library of Saturday Night Live episodes. Yeah, that'd be that would be that would be bonus. Yeah. Because I'm tired of going to YouTube for those. Yeah. So, but Chris, uh, before I forget, if anybody can tell, we have a very uh, short, uh, very short uh, news bullet points this week. Yeah. Uh, I have to say, before we move on to the news, I finally did it. I did a, uh, I did a back-to-back rewatch of Infinity War and Endgame yesterday. Oh. Uh, the wife and I sat down, all cuddled on the couch, and just for <laughs> like what is it, like five and a half hours, we watched uh, Infinity War well, and Endgame, I- and it was awesome. I was going to say you were very quiet <laughs> yesterday because uh, I was like, I'm like, hey, Mike, look at my computer. Look at my computer. 
and you're you didn't say anything so i was like everybody's doing something so oh, now yeah. i'm glad it, to know that what you were doing and that's definitely well worth it yeah it was great i mean we started with infinity war which is actually something that i have rewatched once or twice because it was a little bit more accessible it was on netflix and also of course i had to rewatch it before we went and saw endgame last year uh so it was this was my first time rewatching endgame and oh it's just so great i love every i love everything it, it and it was really nice because i uh, recently i have felt very detached from the Marvel MCU because it's it it feels like it's been years since we've seen a movie yeah. like I like we keep saying the common thread is we lost all trace of time uh, it feels like Endgame in reality came out two years ago and Spider Man Far From Home came out like a year ago and I was like is really Spider Man the last MCU movie we've had we yeah. haven't really revisited this universe we don't know what anybody's doing what's everyone up to now so it's just it was nice seeing all these characters again and I really want to, like I forgot the last time we saw Thor he was going off with the Guardians of the Galaxy and just the this him and Quill's little banter of who's really Captain so uh, you know we gotta we gotta have a little a little catch up on what's going on with all these people. Well, so it was nice revisiting it and uh, I had a great time. Well, like some people said, by the time we get to a Marvel movie, it'll uh, we'll actually catch up to the in game timeline uh, <laughs> at this rate. So uh, yes, we'll see, but I'm excited. You know, we've got movies coming out later this year, hopefully knock on wood. And you know, Marvel's always there. All those, almost all those movies, I believe now are on, on Disney plus uh, for the MCU. Um, apparently some of the older ones, the Iron Man, Incredible Hulk, uh, first Thor, maybe Captain America, um, were shot on actual film. And then when they uploaded them to digital, uh, all the movies get a film filter. Um, and they accidentally double, they filtered the actual movies that were shot on film. (laughs) Um, and, uh, they like, it looked really bad, but I think they've corrected that, but I was hearing about that over, you know, past couple Uh, days and I was like, Oh, that's that's interesting. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, the things automated systems will overlook very easily. I think the symptoms are back to, to square ratio now on Disney. Oh my God. Are you serious, Chris? Yeah. You're just telling me this now. This should have been, this should have been, uh, this should have been a morning tweet that I woke up to. (laughs) Well, I'm surprised. That you've held out this long. What? Hold on, I'm opening up the Disney Plus app right now. This is breaking news for me. Oh my gosh! So everybody, everybody, shut up! <laughs> no, you don't have to shut up. Man, this, this guy, he, he's serious about his his. Simpsons I've been ratio. I've been wanting to do a Simpsons rewatch for the longest time. Uh huh. All right. Uh, well, what is Simpsons play? I don't need collections. Well, see, that's that's Simpsons. the beauty. I was gonna say the beauty of Disney Plus lately, and including the Simpsons, is they they've been doing what I asked them to do was make the playlists of specific episodes of, or, or, or shows and movies, and they've done that. So that's cool. But you can pick any of them. I think they're all back to square. Okay. Uh, I kind of had to scroll through the little uh, – there's, like, just a generic kind of, like, Simpsons poster if you want to watch it. Okay, so – All right. My, my, this is my, the my first episode. Internet. It's currently on widescreen right now, but I believe – the Simpsons World app, people complained because if you wanted to watch it in standard, you'd had to hit, like, a button. Um – I'm not seeing any options for standard four by three here, Chris. Um, I don't know if you're here. lying to me or what's Hold on. going on. It should on be here. so. Uh, let me see here. Um, oh, by the end of May, I saw some people see. Oh. I think it might be certain episodes might already be available. Not all of gotcha. them, but they're all, all right. They all will be by the end of this month. Well, I will give you a reprieve, Chris. Okay. I thought this was available right now, so I'll, I'll take back my my yeah. anger. Okay, because I've been seeing a lot of like on Reddit <laughs> people sharing like comparisons lately. And I just assumed that they were all done that way, but it might have okay. been a couple. So good. End of May. Good to hear. Yeah, there you go. All right. So let's 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 while we're talking and looking back with fond rose tinted glasses, Mike. Those X Men movies, though, right? Those they're pretty good. The first ones, one and two, uh-huh. at least. And then after that, uh, 
stop counting them. Um, <laughs> but um, they Funko, since Marvel has purchased Fox back, they have now licensed the pops out for the original X Men, and they're coming out later this year. And I will tell you what, I kind of like some of these. Uh, again, I collect is, all the pop vinyls, but you know, is the is the tank topped Wolverine with his kind of arms crossed? Is that X Men Origins Wolverine? So we're gonna go through this. So the first picture shows Storm, Mystique, Wolverine, Magneto, and Professor Xavier, and this is X Men One. Okay, the next yeah, we're page missing, we're missing a few, but that'll probably be their next run well, for X Men One. Well, the next page is the X Men Two costumes. Mm-hmm. So you have, or in X Men Three, so you have uh, Wolverine in that. I think that's from X Two. Whenever he like goes through the ice and, and hits Striker. Oh, okay. Uh, you get the Jean Grey going full Phoenix X Men Three. Uh, the um, Frasier version of Beast, Rogue, <laughs> Nightcrawler. I don't like his outfit, but I love the details on his face. Oh yeah, those are great details. And uh, Cyclops, and then the two um, specialty ones. We have a Metallic Mystique at Target, and then. This is actually the Magneto from the first class films. Yeah, cool. I was gonna say I like the I like the armor plating on his chest. Uh-huh. Uh, like I've said in the past, I'm usually not the biggest fan of uh, Funko in general. I'm not a collector, but I do like checking out the little details that they work into their models. They've they've come a long way in terms of like they all used to look generic-y with the same head model and they just changed the hair. But they've mm-hmm. really, really added some details here in, into a lot of these that, that sell. Because I have, you know, n- the comic book versions of every one of these characters, and they don't look nearly as good as these yeah. here. I bet Funko Headquarters has the highest-end 3D printers on the market. Because I'm sure every time they get, like, a new model, they, they print it out first before they go through these mass pressings. So I'd, I'd love to see what their 3D printer setup is at a Funko Headquarters. I, my, my guess is they've got these all modular in there, and they're like, okay, I'm going to take this helmet and pop it on this dude's head. And how can we <laughs> reuse these molds for everything? But uh, I, think it, I think it looks fun. I think it looks good. I'm, I'm excited for this kind of stuff. So... Yeah, you know that. But I, I thought it was cool to share those. If you're an X Men fan, that's there, which leads us into our next topic: X Men New Mutants. Oh, here we go. <laughs> okay, the new release date is set for April twenty eighth, twenty twenty, in theaters. I think uh, this is it. I think. I think you. I think you mean August. You said April. I'm sorry, August. 20. Yeah, August. 20, it was April. Slip before. of the tongue. Yeah, I was excited for it being released in April. Uh, well, if it makes you feel any better, I'm sure there was an April release date. Well. It was. It was April beforehand. Um, so August 28th is is the next one, uh, 2020. Uh, so I think even if it hits 10 theaters, this will be the theater opening. I think this is it. Um, but there's also, they have not done any reshoots or major edits from the 2017 edit of the film with the original director. So this is the unadulterated new mutants movie that, you know, is just going to come out, going to be a Fox movie and we'll move on. I think. Yeah. I mean, we are uh, we are a partially immunocompromised in this household, so I don't think I'm going to be going to any large gatherings of people. Even if they do limit the theater seating, I don't think I'm going to be going into a theater to see the New Mutants until at least there's some sort of uh, medication, some sort of vaccine out there, something that'll actually help you combat the virus. So August just seems so soon, even though it seems like we've been quarantined forever. Like August is just like the end of the summer, and we're about starting the summer right now. 
now. So I just don't imagine things really changing that much by August. So what I hope happens is like what you just said, they put it out there in a couple theaters. So maybe if they're trying to uh, fulfill a contract out there in the world, they have contractually reached their obligation of releasing it into theaters. And then they just release it digitally, maybe like three or four weeks later. And then we can finally watch it in the comfort of our and safety of our own homes. But Mm. I'm just shocked it keeps getting pushed. August just seems too soon. So like you just like you kind of alluded to earlier, could this release date possibly be moving yet again? Because August just does not seem like a 100%. Yeah, this is going to be good to go date. Well, I think it'll be good to go in terms. I think theaters will be open under different terms within three months. I mean, again, we just said at the top show, we've only been in lockdown two months. What does three more months look like? Will some theaters be open uh, with different rules? Like, hey, you can only book seats, you know, X they're, so far apart. A, I watch a uh, I watch a box office kind of rundown show uh, every week, and there technically is some box office numbers coming in because there's like one theater open in Texas right now that's actually generating money for like some new smaller yeah. movies, and the rules for this theater are every other row. And then every other or every two seats, unless you like you come as a couple, like unless right. you like buy two seats and you're like cohabitating, then you can sit next to each other. So like even if like you can sell out like a whole theater, like you're not really selling out a whole theater. <laughs> right. Well, the thing is, you know, I'm thinking like a, a multiplex kind of thing right now. Right. How many movies are coming out? One movie like a month, maybe. So if all your screens are showing the one movie, it, it might make its money back possibly I mean if it's like a big movie I think some people out there have done the math uh, when it was the anniversary of Endgame the other week I think I did come across somebody that did the math what if Endgame a big movie with big hype came out right now and they did the they ran the best possible scenarios basically like what if it ran in literally every on every single screen every single time slot and they filled every single seat that could possibly be filled and I think it was still a little it still was a little dicey so yeah I don't think anybody's going to be hitting any um hitting any 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 um Rec- any benchmarks record any lows. records yeah yeah there's not going to be any high record highs uh coming this year I believe no I mean at least not till you know probably November or so, mm-hmm. you know, when, when things are back. But I mean, August is, you know, that's Wonder Woman's month right now as well, Mike. Um, you know, I think I think studios are banking on this to, again, meet some contractual things. Again, this movie will not be coming to Disney Plus right away unless they've paid off HBO because HBO owns the streaming max, streaming rights to this movie. And it'll probably go to HBO Max um, almost right away. So, I I think it'll hit it. I think it'll be fine, and I think it'll just be one of those things that it's delayed, 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 and then we forget it after it came out, and we never really talk about it again until the X Men box set comes out of everything. <laughs> yes, there'll be like a legacy box set yeah. that has everything that Fox put out, and some collector out there will want it. You know, yeah. somebody like Chris, maybe not Chris himself, but there's a lot of people out there that have the same DNA as Chris does when it comes to uh, having to own it. Got to catch them all. <laughs> X-Men movies. Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there's that. But that's okay because, you know, it's, it's, it's fine for this movie. We'll, we'll be all right. The next thing, though, I think about broke the internet this week um, easily. The theater production of Hamilton was purchased or filmed and purchased by Disney earlier this year to release in theaters a 2021. Uh-huh. We're like, that's way too far away. They've already got it done. What do they have to do to this movie, right? 
or this play. Well, they're putting it on Disney Plus. Um, July third, <laughs> this version will hit Disney Plus. Uh, people are freaking out. They love Hamilton. I've seen it twice. Mike, I believe you've seen it. Yes, I've seen it. Uh, listen to the soundtrack. Uh, uh, probably about like maybe once every other month. It's great. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not the. I, I watch. My wife's obsessed with it. I'm not as obsessed with it. But uh, I understand the, the hype behind it and, and people's things. So this is great for a lot of people who could not go out and see it. Uh, a lot of theater productions are shutting down temporarily and some permanently, including like what Frozen, I think, has been closed off Broadway permanently now because of this. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so this is a year ahead of schedule. I think a lot of people were very happy to hear this news. I think it raised yeah. a lot of spirits. <laughs> yeah, it just goes to show you that originally it coming out next year was just a strategical release. It seems like that they were looking at their release flow chart in their offices and they're just like, oh, we kind of have a gap here. Maybe we should uh, put Hamilton there. Like, oh, that's yeah. a good idea. But now everybody's stuck at home. Everybody's got to prove the worth of their monthly subscri- subscription fee, so Hamilton's the Hamilton's the way to do it. Yeah, and um, like I said, there's no, there's nothing left for this to do. They it's already been filmed and it was vaulted until Disney bought it. So I'm like, what are they going to do to it? Nothing. Yeah. So Hamilton's Hamilton's really fun. A lot of catchy songs. That's a great story. I know some. I know there's like a there's a stigma, I guess, around theater and theater people in general, where they kind of get a little too excited and a little too uh, a little too freak freaked out. <laughs> yes, and dramatic. If you can remember any of your theater kids back in high school, and uh, I, my wife was a theater kid. I have lots of friends that are theater kids, so yeah. no no ill will sent towards them. But if that kind of hype and is kind of keeping you away from enjoying and watching Hamilton, don't let it don't let it it's really fun it's a it's a great time and it's a very educational actually too yeah it's raps they're rap in history it's a, it's fun the give, best so give it a of shot. both worlds mike yeah give it a shot come july on july 3rd the day before america's birthday which i think a lot of takes place around july 3rd and 4th oh heck oh i'm so dumb i didn't even think about the fact that this movie's coming out just before the 4th of july wow right over my head mike mike <laughs> doesn't know when he is or where he is at this point that's no. fine oh my uh, my wife is baking bread though and it's like coming through the door it smells so good oh how original so, during quarantine <laughs> any any sort of well the thing is we're we're we uh we're doing it a little bit more high tech which i think you'll appreciate we have a bread maker chris yeah so we just throw all the ingredients into this machine and it just makes our bread for us mm. is, is your bread maker's name andy no, there's a uh, there's no hue lights on it. Chris, uh, okay. so you probably yeah, won't. I don't understand. It as much. Is it, I, can I can I put bread on my Plex server? Yeah, it doesn't change. Uh, it doesn't change color. I don't understand. All right, that's fine. Mandalorian season two coming out. I think most of this is done filming. The announcements are still coming out. Uh, they season two has added actor Timothy Oliphant. Um, yes, known for uh, shows such as Deadwood or his uh, critically acclaimed movie Hitman. Yeah, he was. <laughs> he was. Uh, he's also was the star of a long. Uh, I think a long running show, Justified. Justified. I, don't, I don't know exactly how many seasons it had, but uh, me and my wife fell in love with him when we watched the uh, the Santa Clarita Diet, which was a which was a streaming series on Netflix, which was ill fated and canceled, which bums me out thinking about it because it was such a fun little kind of universe that they were building, and it was just hilarious. So we are uh, not only big uh, Will Forte fans in this house, we are also Timothy Oliphant fans in this house so the fact that he's coming to the mandalorian just makes me even more excited and this is a good time to say that i finally watched the first episode of the mandalorian documentary yes which uh, chris was uh pinpoint accurate in everything he said last week uh it's great it's fun uh i love seeing uh, hearing the stories about how these uh directors fell into the universe and uh 
I totally agree. Filoni is obviously the future of Star Wars, and it seems like he's going to be giving more, given more responsibilities in season two, which is great. But if Taika Waititi gets a feature film, I hope maybe Filoni either gets his own series, like he gets the show run, the whole series, um, just kind of like he did with the Clone Wars, or maybe give him a big feature film. I think he'd do a good job in a big, big feature. So uh, I think Filoni's got a lot in his future. I do, and I can't wait till you watch season two. Um, there's rumors of a of a What's her name? Um, I'm, I'm blanking on the character's name. Literally, the Clone Wars is, and Rebels is based on her. Oh, Ahsoka? Ahsoka, yeah. Ahsoka show coming out. Maybe <laughs> that's his show. Maybe that's his, his oh, prize maybe. as a live-action Ahsoka that, show. God, that'd be right up his wheelhouse, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, he'd love that. He, he, he'd love it. But um, speaking of characters he created, um, Katie Sackhoff of Battlestar Galactica fame, and I believe she's in The Flash, um, uh, is um, she was the voice of Bo Katan cries, which is the uh, Mandalorian in the, the Clone Wars show. Will be playing that character in the live action version in the Mandalorian. However, Man, that's a that's a Star Wars name if you've ever heard a Star Wars name before. Exactly, Bo Katan cries. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think again, Katie Sackhoff voices her and looks like her. I think the characters even model after her in the Clone Wars, um, which becomes a problem because the Clone Wars and the Mandalorian are about, what, 30-something years apart? Okay. Um, so there, she's going to have to be aged up, which they would just get an older actor at that point. I think well, this will be a flashback. Uh, I mean, or it's just all aliens, you know. It, who knows how long aliens actually live. We just, like I just said, we finished watching uh, the Harry Potter franchise. Dumbledore was like, you know, what, 150 years yeah. old, really old. So, I mean, it's not out of bounds for characters to be really old. Well, they, I mean, hell, Baby Yoda's like, what, 50 and he looks like a baby? Right, but, so. <laughs> but Mandalorians do have that, that lifespan. They, they they do age like normal people, though. So that that's the thing. I think... She'll be a flashback because Bo-Katan had the Darksaber last before we saw it in Rebels. Oh, I see what you're saying. So, oh, one one cool thing about um, that documentary was since they had some behind-the-scenes footage, and at least in that first episode, you got another look at the prop of the Darksaber. Which looked cool. Which was cool. <laughs> it was cool that it was an actual prop. You actually had a blade. I, I thought... I mean, I know the effect around it was obviously a special effect, but I thought maybe he would just be holding a hilt and then they would just, you know, add the uh, effect on the end of it. So I thought it was cool that they made a prop, bringing it back around to props in general, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, and that was, I mean, I agree. That was really, really awesome. But I think she will be passing on the Darksaber somehow uh, and, and figuring out how it gets to um, to where it is now. Is, no, is she, what probably gets mur- she probably gets murdered. Yeah. They probably kill her for it. It's probably very dark. <laughs> yeah, dark Maul had it at some point, I believe, again, maybe later. I don't know. It's in Rebels. I need to watch finish Rebels. So, I don't know. We'll put that up there. But uh, Mandalorian Season 2, come along. I, they say it's not going to be delayed, so I think we're good to go October, Mike. Uh-huh. We're going we're gonna to get it. Star Trek, uh, the Star Trek streaming service, CBS All Access, has announced um, they are doing a strange Star Trek Strange New World series. Which will uh, have Spock, Captain Pike, and Number One from the Discovery series. In it. It's it's always funny when we have to talk about Star Trek on this show because we're just so out of our depth when it comes to these characters. Um, weren't people kind of upset that they included Spock in general? Because it's like, how many times are they going to redo Spock in the Star Trek universe? Mm-hmm. Um, so now they're spinning him off again. And is he supposed to meet uh, Captain Kirk at some point in time? This is uh, well before that. <laughs> So, so Captain, how does he age? How does a Spock? How does a Vulcan age? You know. Yeah, he, he's a he's a, still a young man. Captain Pike is, is is who Captain Kirk took over for. That's right. I only know that because I think 
uh, wasn't Chris Hemsworth Captain Pike in the J.J. No. Abrams Star Trek movie? Chris Hemsworth was um, was uh, Kirk's dad. Oh yeah, because didn't like Pike die on the ship, and then he was like promoted at the at the cold open well, of that movie. No, I don't know. No, you don't know it's, because, it, because it's bad when the only lore I have to pull off of is the J.J. Abrams Star Trek. Yeah, the movie. alternate universe <laughs> version. No, Pike is is the the older guy. He saves from the Romulans in that movie. Like they put the oh, thing in his ear. And the... Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember now. So so Captain Pike in this is played by Anson Mount, who uh, unfortunately played Black Bolt in the Inhumans TV series. But he, they really oh, yeah. love these characters in discovery like this show a lot of fans like were turned off at first but have come around to this show um but i'm surprised you know with discovery still going on how will they spin these characters off and will strange new worlds introduce us to possibly the streaming service version of captain kirk yeah i mean i suppose it's very much in line with star trek in general to do kind of spinoffs and other different series because that's been the legacy of star trek as far as i know you have the original star trek you have uh next generation what is there there's deep like space deep nine. space nine there's another one isn't there too yeah, voyagers uh, one voyager and there's another one um that's yeah. in there yeah so that's uh, that's not unlike Star Trek to do spinoffs, but yeah, like you said at the top of this segment, CBS All Access is very much the Star Trek streaming service. They yeah. obviously see a lot of love there, so it makes sense for them to keep making that stuff, but I mean, for people like me who aren't really engaged in Star Trek lore, I don't see really any any big sell for me so i don't know what cbs all access has to do to get me on board but it's not going to be more star trek mm. so but obviously they seem to be finding success so they don't care about me so yeah you know there well, you go <laughs> have, have you watched picard yet no i i just i like i said i have no i have no uh, nostalgia for any of these characters i don't have any connection to it at all so it's just like you know i think like i just think i'd just be confused and think it's um think it's i'm watching x-men or spinoff of x-men well or i think again I, I i haven't seen an episode of star trek in my life i've just seen the, the movies but i mean i've read enough to to stay afloat here but i really really enjoyed picard i i can't stress that enough you can go in there and not know anything and, and still probably pretty pretty good because it well, introduces good. new stuff to you and they explain who the who the people are who they're showing up with um and that has a season two coming later as well i don't know well, how much... maybe that'll get you to go back go back and watch next gen and then you'll be our resident star trek expert I'm, that we I, can I actually refuse. talk about <laughs> i like i can only go down you're, so many fandoms yeah, mike and star you're, trek you're, is not <laughs> on that that list that's true you're quarantined and even then you don't have enough time to go watch all that yeah i am going to stick with my star wars uh and, and never never shall they cross all right doom patrol season two is set to debut on hbo max uh in june which is cool um mm-hmm. if you've seen the first season i guess i've seen the first episode that was enough for me um, but it's also going to be streaming in the DC Universe at the same time because you know we they announced that a long time ago. Uh, but June is is officially the date for HBO Max, which comes out what next uh, two weeks? A week from? I mean, Tuesday? I thought it for some reason I thought it was the twenty third, but that doesn't really make any sense because that's a Saturday. I thought it was the twenty seventh. <laughs> oh well, maybe it is the twenty seventh. That would be a Wednesday, kind of middle of the twenty seventh. A little bit more yep. sense. Okay, so we got uh, about ten more days. I'm really looking forward to HBO Max. There's a lot of stuff I want to watch on it because I've been locked away from being able to watch it other places. The DC Universe is no exception. Um, I think DC Universe. I think they'll start to maybe possibly move away from the moniker of that being on their shows and. 
And like we mentioned at the at the top of the show, the Legend of Korra is kind of on this weird side Nickelodeon streaming service that you can like bolt onto Amazon for probably like five bucks a month or something like that. I would imagine moving forward the DC Universe just ends up being that. Mm. Everything being made over there will be on HBO Max at the exact same time because that's where all their audience is going to be. And then if you still kind of want this weird like little niche streaming service but don't have a need for HBO Max, they'll probably maybe let you well, do that. But I don't think there's much of a future for, I would say, the umbrella of the DC Universe streaming service. I would know? normally agree with you, but I think that's completely wrong because DC Universe offers one thing that HBO Max will not, and that's the comic book streaming or like the digital comic book library and right now they said that there's been like a what a 77 percent increase in digital comic books read on it um since the quarantine and i think that's enough for them to keep it around for like another year uh what it may break off into is the dc universe will be available separately and you get your comic books or you just get hbo max and just watch the shows yeah, I mean, the comic book is just this whole other different strategy that who knows how people end up flexing it. I mean, maybe if HBO Max really wanted to uh, push its nerd cred against Netflix, they could say like, hey, if you have HBO Max, you can read all of these comic books digitally now. Uh, who who knows? But it seems like everybody up at the top at AT&T, well, AT&T technically owns all of this, right? I'm sure the CEO of AT&T is just like, I want everybody on the planet watching HBO Max. Do whatever you have to do. I want to be able to announce the biggest subscriber number possible. I want to destroy Disney Plus and Netflix with all of our numbers. So they're going to try to get those eyeballs wherever they can, which means I'm sure when they announce HBO Max numbers, I bet that that includes DC Universe numbers. Because I imagine with the Venn diagram crossover, there's not going to be a whole lot of people out there that have DC Universe that also don't have HBO Max. Well, I, I, again, I think it's def- I think you know DC Universe again. I know it's owned by AT and T. They are uh, comic books are about a, are in a sink more than a swim situation right now. Uh, and there's been rumored that Disney is going to buy DC um, and and just own all both comic things. I don't think that would ever happen, but never know. I, I again, I don't think DC Universe will be in that Venn diagram unless they offer, hey, you can upgrade for a price i just don't think they can count them because it's not the same service uh but comic books as a whole are what's going to hold dc universe together because marvel stopped their comic online comic book shop from their store as of i think this month yeah i was actually just looking that up i was looking through my email just before you said it because i was like i remember getting an email and it says important it says important marvel digital comic shop update so it seems like there's a lot of people just trying to think about the strategy for digital comics uh i i think hopefully for as long as we exist because everyone thought like the you know the e-reader was gonna like destroy the book industry and uh, I think comic books and graphic novels are going to be around till the end of time because it's just a very classic human version of storytelling that no matter how many... No matter how cheap computers and video editing and rendering get and anybody can make a video, people are still going to want to read comics and books in general. So there's just a big strategy question of like we have this big library of comic books. How do we get people to go back and read old comic books? Where do we put it? Do we bundle it with a new service? Do we just keep keep rolling it into something brand new every couple of years just to make it look new and shiny? Who knows? So yeah, I'd be really curious what the DC Universe comic book future looks like. Yeah, I don't think it'll ever go to HBO Max because anyone I know who's getting HBO Max could give two fucks about comic books. No, I agree. I like, like it'll agree. be separate, but I think you know if they bundle it with the movies, I think it adds more value to it. Um, 
and maybe they don't have HBO Max. Like you've got, you know, uh, your um, comic book fans who who want to read, who who collect and read, want to read online. I don't know because D- DC doesn't do the digital like Marvel did. It's it's really interesting. So there's a lot of questions here about what where does DC Universe go, and they keep putting more stuff on there. So we'll see how much longer it's got. I think that the legs are running thin. So if anyone has DC Universe still and is using it regularly, let us know. Because I don't, that wouldn't be the first thing I think of. I want to turn on my streaming today and check what's on DC Universe. I think it's yeah, a very or I'm thing. gonna, or I'm gonna turn on my streaming service, check out DC Universe, and instead of watching something, actually, I'm gonna read a comic book instead. Yeah. I feel like if on you're gonna TV. read a comic book, you've you've started uh, from the from the ground up going. I'm gonna read a comic. You're gonna read a comic book today, yeah. But that brings me to the other thing. Uh, the one of the shows they canceled very early on on DC Universe, Swamp Thing. Um, is going to debut uh, on the CW uh, shortly. Uh, I think the CW is hurting for content, live content, or yes. new content. <laughs> so they're you know trying to see what they can do with their parent company, uh, which I I don't know if Swamp. I don't think it was a Berlanti show. I think it was just DC Fair. Yeah, no, it wasn't Berlanti. And I'm pretty sure this is only like a, a syndication kind of deal um, because everyone's like, will this show get a season two now? If it gets good numbers on CW. Yeah, I mean, I maybe. would say that's very I would say that's very much a possibility. I think networks definitely listen and they look at their analytics and if they put Swamp Think on there and a bunch of people love it and everyone starts watching it, they'd be dumb not to consider a second season. Um, would it debut on the CW? Would it also debut at the simultaneously on HBO Max whenever they got a season 2? That's still a really big question I have about just all this HBO Max, CW, DC TV universe in general is when something airs on like a Monday night, do I have to wait until the next day to watch it on HBO Max? What's the what's the workflow here of all the content? Who's in charge of all of it? Is it going to be confusing having all of this DC char- TV characters on HBO Max when also they're trying to develop maybe more premium characters like Green Lantern? You just you don't really know where the li- you don't really know where the lines connect and where the lines blur. Um, but the big question I have is: Are they only going to be able to make a season two if they didn't destroy that costume for Swamp Thing? Because that was the that was the big thing that was really talked about during season one was oh this is a real guy in a real costume it's it's really gonna feel like uh, the character's alive so I hope they saved that costume and they didn't decommission it because they're gonna need it if they if they kick off a season two especially if it's on a CW budget because what that was the big looming headline around it when it was canceled was that it was really that it was possibly really expensive because they had to shorten the run no, it was supposed to be what it, it 13 episodes and they got cut to 10 it wasn't expensive the producers started fighting and then there were like three producers and they all had a falling out in the middle of making the show. And they're like, we're not well, finishing the show. We're like, we're not writing well, the last three episodes. Well, who knows? Maybe they could have been fighting about money, Chris. I, I, well, maybe, but not the budget of the show. I'll tell you that. Um, I, I think the, the thing is, is going to be here. If you didn't know Swamp Thing was on the DC Universe because you only had the DC Universe or you didn't have it, you wouldn't have watched it, right? If it's on the CW, guess what? That's free. That's free airtime. Like, those are ad-supported TV slots. So, yeah, more people will watch it. You should put it on the CW. Yeah. Um, and even curiouser, I wonder if the syndication deal lets it 
go up on the CW app because we do use the CW app in our house. Unfortunately, we have to suffer through a couple commercials, but that's how we keep up with the with the kitschy plots of Riverdale and Katie Keene, which uh, just ended their seasons. Um, so yeah, if it popped up on the CW app, uh, well, I guess technically I can watch it on HBO Max moving forward, so that's not big of a deal. Well, no, but if the, you're just looking no, for free, yeah, if you're looking for just free content with no subscriptions, I mean, hell, you might see Swamp Thing on the CW app. There are, just to be clear, there is no thing that anything that was custom created for DC Universe will be on HBO Max. No Titans, no Swamp Thing. So we just need to be clear that you can't go watch Swamp Thing on HBO Max. You have to have DC Universe. Well, I mean, if Doom Patrol is going to be on HBO Max, it obviously seems like it's up. Uh, it's right. a possibility, and it's up there. So I, I can't imagine maybe over time they just roll the right. stuff into there. They could roll over time. But I'm saying like right now at at this point in time, there is no that is the, season two of Doom Patrol is the only crossover they've they've ever announced. So I don't know if that's because because I don't even know is Berlanti in charge of Doom Patrol. Uh, yeah, that's their show. Okay, because, like, he also had Titans, too. I just didn't know, because they're, they're very separate. Like, they don't... It's all... I think I think the bottom line here is it's all very confusing. Yeah. It's just kind of like, there's all of this DC content out there, but there's so many different ways to watch it. So, like, you can watch it for free. It's through a streaming service. It's under development at HBO Max right now. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's all over yeah. the place. So... Yeah, Swamp Thing, if you haven't watched it because you don't want to get DCU, will be on CW shortly. So uh-huh. you can go watch it on your local CW. I wonder how they're going to do the commercial breaks because usually when you specifically write a script for airing, you you put in act breaks and commercial breaks. Uh, so this will be kind of weird how they – I wonder if it will feel like these weird hard cuts. Or kind of like when you're watching like a video, like a four-minute video on Facebook and then they just like a random ad that pops up in the middle of it. That drives my wife crazy. She She – basically throws her throws her phone across the room well, whenever that happens facebook started so watching adding like a, that what continue a watching on facebook watch and i'm like no no i'm not going no, 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 no. You, you, uh, and if we had to go off on a tangent facebook just bought giphy which is just feels like you know our overlords are buying everything now if my if just my family would choose to communicate to me through any other service besides facebook i'd probably just delete facebook <laughs> yeah well they have facebook groups now mike so you can or facebook video uh, meets you know what drives me crazy <laughs> the whole end of like quote unquote innovation of zoom was that you could see all of the screens at once. You didn't, there wasn't like a thing where you were just stuck looking at the person who was talking uh, at that point in time. You could see like this nice little grid. So Facebook decided to replicate that, but for some weird, bizarre reason, they put your video screen down in the lower right-hand corner, which technically overlaps with part of the grid. So it's just like, why wouldn't you just make me part of the grid? Why am, why am I pinned down here in the corner overlaying this person down here in the corner? It just didn't make any sense. So I just don't understand maybe zoom has some sort of patent on the grid and they're technically trying to find a way around that grid but i don't know it's all dumb chris well, well <laughs> facebook already had video integration i think they just took what they had and rigged it together to work mm-hmm. because steam we and my, steam and my brother well, i was gonna say we we have to use facebook portals at work for video chat have you ever used a mm-hmm. facebook portal I know what they are. It's kind of like one of those cameras that use artificial intelligence to kind of follow you around the zoom, well, around the room, and it has like smart zoom it, on it. It's, and... Well, it's, it's it's essentially what you could run on an iPad. If you if you use Facebook Messenger video, like one on one, that's what it is. But it's mm-hmm. a dedicated device that costs as much as an iPad and only runs apps from Facebook. And I'm like, oh, this God. is the junkiest <laughs> thing I've ever used, and I hate it. So I mean, I understand like they already had this built in, but like. 
you could have done so much better so much sooner. But yeah, whatever. That's a whole different story. DC Universe. Um, so this is actually the CW DC Universe. I, I put this in before I, I on, on the DC Universe on the CW, Mike. Yeah, well, it's weird because you can't really call it the Arrowverse anymore, but I guess maybe you technically could just because everybody knows what you're saying. Right, but I'm not even talking about the Flash or the Arrow coming up here, <laughs> which is worse. So all the delayed series uh, are still planning on debuting this fall, is my understanding. Okay. So anything that's delayed in production will still be out this fall. They'll just probably have a quick turnaround time on those. Um, and anything that's you know um, in the middle of a season or whatever that's got a weird thing it's going to debut in the like january of 2021 like batwoman and lois and clark here and then they'll have like a medium season break in may and then go through the summer so i think it's i think we're going to see new tv schedules going forward just to put that out there but superman lois and batwoman is the big crossover for 2021 and i could not be less excited (laughs) about hearing that out loud my my wife has some uh, insider knowledge on some of the Berlanti shows in general, and uh, from what she's been hearing, uh, apparently the it's very contentious over on Batwoman. I guess it's very very hard to work with. Um, I always forget her name, Ruby Rose. I guess she's a little difficult to work with. Doesn't yeah. always uh, show up on time. I've so. heard this from other people too. Yeah, so I don't know exactly what the longevity of working with this actress is going to be moving forward. But who knows? There's been crappy people in Hollywood that have gotten work for a very very long time so maybe it'll just continue with that tradition but yeah the superman and lois thing like i i mean i watched this crazy nexus weird crossover thing that happened uh what was it last yeah technically last year now and uh yeah superman and lois were the least interesting parts to me so i don't want to watch a show uh, all around them and just my appetite for cw superhero shows are just waning and waning and waning and waning uh, and I can't imagine the comparisons once uh, Marvel, once uh, Marvel and Disney Plus puts their shows out there. I know the episode orders are going to be drastically different. You're talking about eight episodes versus like 23 episodes in a year or 22 episodes. So obviously they got the numbers, but I mean, just the quality well, is just going to be astronomically different. And I just feel like it's going to be even harder for them to hold up in that environment. Well, I think he, he, the problem is also like a lot of people were excited for Smallville coming back to the crossover, right? People love Smallville. People love Superman and Lois from Smallville. So if they were searching Superman and Lois and there was a surge, CW probably got the wrong inclination. We need to make another Superman and Lois show. Because all these people are searching Superman in CW. And this is why this show will probably fail. Because they want to do Smallville, but they don't want to do Smallville. So Yeah, I mean, I guess the benefit that this show has that I don't think any other televised or movie version of Superman has been able to do is, if I remember correctly, they have children. So I don't know if they flash forward and make the kids a little bit older so they can kind of actually be played by professional actors and maybe do some fun, like, baby superpower stuff. At least, and then it's at least slightly original and they're not retreading on other land. So that would be, to me, think that that's the only saving grace moving forward forward with Superman and Lois. Yeah, I don't I don't know if they have kids or not, but you know they're gonna I, I do something. They, yeah, I they think they have did. two kids. I think we said they had two kids, so I don't want to see family of Superman. <laughs> You're gonna Chris. <laughs> Wonder Woman eighty four is currently uh booked I think for August, I believe we said. Um mm-hmm. and uh the movie will be delayed to December if Christopher Nolan's Tenet movie moves away from its July release. So I thought it was I thought it was almost already 
guaranteed that Tenant wouldn't be coming out in July. I guess maybe what they're waiting to see if just 2020 is going to be viable at all for Tenant, or if he wants to move it to 2021. Well, I think I think Christopher Nolan is pushing for the cinema experience. Uh, and mm-hmm. you know wants it to come back, but I think you know again. He, I believe he's an English filmmaker, correct? Uh, oh God, I don't, I don't know if I've ever heard Christopher Nolan talk before. He, uh, um, he always wears nice clothes. Uh, <laughs> he wears nice clothes. He must be English. Yeah, I'm like that's that's not something. So I'm gonna have to look. I mean, maybe he's not. Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm out of my mind. Uh, Christopher Nolan. Oh man, uh, you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> you hear all that plastic clicking on yeah. Chris's end of the microphone? He is a That's British American keyboard. filmmaker. There you so go. So he was born in, in London. So I think in England, the the idea of, of you know film going and and and, and look, quarantine is is opening up better because they've they've been able to handle things differently there, um, which would make sense. But I mean, if it's coming out in America, you know we're gonna need, like we said at the top of the show, a couple more months. Um, Couple more weeks. We're gonna we're gonna need to push that back a little bit. But I mean, if Tenet you know hits July, I don't know. Maybe he really re releases it later. I don't know. I think he really wants this July release, but I don't think he's gonna get it. Man, I really yeah, think everything's gonna think... get pushed back. Yep, I totally agree. And I think Wonder Woman eighty four is gonna get pushed back again. Mm-hmm. So there it is. Uh, have you ever read the same main graphic novels? Um, I have the first volume, the first trade, and I, I've read uh, I've read a few, I guess, quote unquote, chapters or issues out of it, and it's uh, it's pretty good. Yeah, Preludes and Nocturnes, I think, is the first one. It's always a great. I mean, I've read a lot of them. I didn't read a lot of the later ones because you know it's convoluted. But I know a friend of mine, listener to the show, Patrick Foster, a big fan of Sandman, and he's got the big collected editions, the huge ones. Uh-huh. I've seen them myself, um, and he's very excited that Audible is doing an audio drama reading of of Sandman with uh some high end cast here. Um, especially, I mean, first, first things first is James, uh, McAvoy as Morpheus dream, the main character for uh-huh. this. That's great. Um, uh, I don't know who Justin bond is, uh, but, but their desire cat Dennings will be death. Um, oh, okay. Michael Sheen as Lucifer and Andy circus as Matthew, the Raven. Ooh, Andy Serkis has a great voice. Uh, I would imagine we're going to see a lot of this moving forward uh, because uh, uh, celebrities need work and all they need is a, a closet and a microphone and they can get paid for being an audible drama well, for whatever they want to read. I'm curious, are they going to be reading? Is the story just going to be straight up the comic book or is uh, somebody else going in and kind of uh, so, typing out descriptions for people? To so read? Neil Gaiman is actually going to be the voice of the off the narrator for this show. Oh, well, that that makes so sense. So he's very involved in it. Um, what's not on here, I have uh, Riz Ahmed will be uh, the character of the Corinthian. And okay. then Taryn Edgerton will be John Constantine in this. Oh, okay. So That's great. We've got uh, uh, quite a bit of I mean, big names this is, uh, this is also good news uh, for Netflix because Netflix has the live action series uh, that they're working on. So this will just drum up a little bit more support and put – Sandman just kind of higher in the pop culture maybe than it is already. Yeah. So this is this is cool. This is an easier adaptation to start from, and then be like, okay, let's make this into a TV show or mm-hmm. a series. So I think that's really good. Um, I, I got nothing else to add to this. I think it's great. If you haven't had a chance to read it, go find it. Maybe it's on DC Universe. This is DC Comic now, Vertigo. Yeah. So maybe it's on DC Universe. 
Uh, but the last thing here is, um, did you ever watch the Percy Jackson movies? <laughs> I've, I've heard Percy Jackson is kind of one of those, uh, as one of those things where the Percy Jackson fans just pretend it does. The movies didn't exist much like the avatar, the last airbender fans pretend that the M night Shyamalan, uh, movie didn't exist. So, uh, I, I'm guessing if any more Percy Jackson stuff is happening, the fans are going to be very nervous. Well, so apparently this one is very involved with the writer of the series. Um, oh, that's a good start there are five books in percy jackson in the olympian story and there were two follow-ups they each have five books each um but apparently the, the writer is heavily involved in making this um faithful to the books um and a live action show is in the works for disney plus i think this is going to um is is in relation to the news what's that of that show that just came out or is coming out this month um it was a movie artemis fowl that's what it was that was the oh, series. Yeah. I think it's the same audience for that. So uh, that's very exciting. Uh, this is, again, previously a two-movie series that apparently had really good actors, but the movies, just the story just fell apart completely. Yeah, I, yeah I've heard that the, uh, from what I remember, people were really mad that it diverged from the books a lot. And yeah, so this is, this is great news for them. I mean, a series is always a great way to adapt a, a book because a book has filled with lots of story and a television yeah. show can adapt more of that story. I'm still, uh, I still think in our lifetimes, Chris, that we'll be seeing a Harry Potter streaming series mm-hmm. uh, just because why not money? So uh, well, it starts. It all starts with Percy Jackson, I guess. Well, I mean, they're doing Lord of the Rings on Amazon. I mean, that's that's true. I, I never thought we'd see a series out of that at the end of it. I know it's not the same thing, but you know, there's an opportunity there. And um, what's the other? Uh, was it the uh, Hunger Games has a prequel book coming out tomorrow? I believe. Oh, it does. Oh, okay. Uh, and they've <laughs> already like said, yeah, we're gonna do a movie of this. Um, which is like, of course, <laughs> it's a prequel of like what? What's his name? The uh, the the evil leader. It's like him as a kid. Uh, oh, okay. or younger so it's like it's like not five years before the books it's like you know 50 years before the book or the movie so uh there's that too all right prequel i mean everyone here's the thing like there's so much news out there like this is in production or this is rumored to be yeah because all you can do is hire writers right now no one's making the movies they're just planning them out so you've uh-huh. got showrunners and writers all across the world who can work on this stuff storyboard artists right uh, concept artists and that's really all we're doing right now so a lot of pre-production on these things oh yeah that may or may Which not you, see the light of day yeah depending on the timeline there could be so much crap coming out in two to three years because everything's in pre-production right now but uh yeah it's a crazy world out there Kristen. we're just we're just swimming through it we are just hanging out man just bringing you guys all the news we can even if you know most of the show was just what we did over the weekend so that's it uh mike that's our show for the week that's all the notes i got if people want to know where you're doing what you're up to this week and where can they find you at well they can find me at mike royer design on instagram and twitter and you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com chris if people want to catch up with you where can they find you uh you can find me on twitter valdan v-a-l-d-a-n uh thanks to everyone who sends me notes and stuff there or on instagram volan 87 uh you can head over there or head over to comic ui uh, if people want to know more about what we're doing uh where they can listen to more of our shows uh we got to do our, our thing this month mike we're gonna do we're gonna pick one of those two movies and do our review um but where can people find our other episodes at 
Oh, all you got to do is visit SuperheroSlate.com. That's the best place to find all the avenues we host our show and to get our awesome show notes. So if you want to see all the stuff that we talked about this week, we got awesome show notes up there to see everything that we uh, talked about in a nice itemized bulleted fashion. I love our show notes. They're great. And you can also get our upcoming releases calendar, which is very helpful in this time since everything is moving. You might be like, oh yeah, wasn't a Black Widow movie supposed <laughs> to be coming out? Uh, I'd like to know when that's coming out. Head on over to SuperheroSlate.com. You can like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and you can get merch or swag, however you want to write well, it they out have in the, the show notes. Uh, they have the masks <laughs> now. You can order off on oh, T-Public yeah, with our logo right. on them. Oh, oh, my gosh. If you have a Superhero Slate mask, I, I wonder if I can add that to our uh, catalog. But you can get that at SuperheroSlate.com slash store. Uh, we love hearing from you. We love it when you guys reach out. We like to know how you're surviving the quarantine. What are you watching? What are you reading? Uh, we love hearing from you. So please reach out. And if you want to be a super fan of the show, all you got to do is share the show with a friend. Share the show with a buddy, and we will be here every week, obviously. All you got to do is subscribe and just look at our release calendar. You can see that we've been here every week for like five years, so we're not going anywhere, yeah, folks. Yeah, really. We, we've got uh, – I mean, I, my concern is uh, if, if, if celebrities start doing podcasts with better audio quality, we might be out of a job, Mike. But uh, until <laughs> then, I don't think they'll ever figure that out, so I think we're good to go. So Yeah, we're good. They're, they got too much money, and they're thinking about – the how they look in the mirror. Yeah, they're more worried about the craft, and we're you know we're more worried about you know the uh, the uh, technology aspects. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, we'll see yeah. you guys next week. <laughs> All right, bye everybody. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. Yeah, T.J. Miller's character and like Shaggy in my head are the same person. <laughs> so like at the end, I'm like, oh, Scooby and Shaggy going and finding that Stanley is their dad, but I'm like, that's not it. That's <laughs> you are getting, six. You're getting your worlds confused.